University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Something entirely different. I got a great note from off-site correspondent Downing, who said you missed a great link yesterday. The people coming after Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling with their torches and paintbrushes are precisely the people who need to read the poem, if. Let me refresh your memory in case you weren't listening yesterday. Uh, it, it was just another tale in the destruction of the academy. Uh, students at the at Manchester University in the UK uh, he tore down or painted over a Rudyard Kipling poem called If because they dragged out the old saw that he was a colonialist and imperialist and a racist and uh, therefore he, he did not accommodate their virtue. These are not very bright kids. It, it's, it's worse than them not being very bright. They have allowed themselves to be placed in positions where they don't need to be bright. Mm-hmm. And the destruction of the academy is aided and abetted by the people who run the academies. They're, they're, they're kowtowing to these kids. In any event, uh, the Rudyard Kipling poem, If, uh, was, uh, was removed. And Downing notes, uh, read If on the air. I think it speaks uh, both to snowflakes and deniers. This, pope is, this poem is advice for living that we should all take to heart. It is as relevant today as when it was written, if not more so. And it is balanced, something missing these days. It isn't all, I'm right and they're wrong. For example, consider this line. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. Consider that the other side might have some reason for thinking like they do. Who wants to do that anymore? No, if someone disagrees with me these days, it's because they are stupid or hate America. We should all take this poem to heart. Uh, uh, finally, okay. So I, I researched the poem, if... Because I'm not much of a poem, uh, a poet guy. No, were you familiar with the poem not, prior to yesterday? Certainly familiar with Rudyard Kipling, not familiar with the poem. Got if. it. Okay. He wrote it in 1895, and it essentially was uh, intended to be addressed to his son. And it was, uh, keep a stiff upper lip, kid. That's the English way. Sure. Keep a stiff upper lip, plow through your adversity. Not everything's going to go well for you. That's precisely the message that has been flip-flopped in the destruction of the academy. If you people encounter any discomfort, we are here to eliminate it. And wow. Kipling, Kipling was saying exactly the opposite. I'm gonna. I need a bed under this. Can oh, you? Sure, sure. Can you provide me a bed? Me I, I, I want If I'm gonna do a dramatic reading, I want. To, I okay. want a bed. How about this one? If you can keep your head when all about you. Are losing their no. Nah, that's you know that what? tempo's that's, too fast. Yeah, it is too fast. That it's tempo. Too fast. I need All a slower right, bed. Me, uh, I, I need a little uh, more somber tempo. Why don't we try? I don't think it's a somber poem, but I, I need a quieter tempo. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me. Let me. Let's try this one. Right. If by Rudyard Kipling, and, and as you listen to this, apply it to the destroyed academy. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream 
and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can fix your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, Yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Now, that is precisely wow. That is precisely what the academy has destroyed. Out good. goes out goes Rudyard Kipling from this particular university because uh, modern sensibilities were applied to the idea that he was an imperialist or a colonialist and, and uh, obviously had to be a racist because he was lived in the 19th century. He wrote this in 1895 for his kid. And as I, as I was reading it, I thought, it's, it, it, to me, it's very mindful of Pink Floyd. Okay. A song called Time on Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's dangerous to assign a poetic genius to, to rock stars, and I rarely do. But the lyrics in the song Time, I think, are Kipling-esque. You can look that song up, by the way. Oh, I thought you were going to read the lyrics. I the am, but, I, but, but you, in the meantime, uh, look up uh, Time by Pink Floyd. It's off the Dark Side of the Moon album. But as I... As I was reading If, I thought I thought of the line, Quiet Desperation is the English Way, which is a lyric in the song Time. And I just thought, I don't know who wrote it, Gilmore or Roger Waters, but I just thought, uh, well, here. Ticking away the moments that make up a dull day, fritter and waste the hours in an offhand way, kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, waiting for someone or something to show you the way. Tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain, you are young and life is long and there is time to kill today. And then one day you find ten years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. So you run and you run to catch up and the sun with the sun, but it's sinking, racing round to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath and one day closer to death. Every year is getting shorter, never seem to find the time. Plans that either come to naught or half a page of scribbled lines. Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. The time is gone, the song is over, thought I'd something more to say. And then it goes on, home, home again, I like to be here when I can. I find that I find that extraordinarily similar. It's, it's I'm not suggesting Pink Floyd will be uh, 
you know, removed from any colleges, but I'm just saying, I thought, I think it's Roger Waters who wrote it. Maybe Gilmore and Richard Wright wrote it. Maybe they all wrote it, but it's got a lot of Rudyard Kipling in it. I have it. Are you, do you want it now? Yeah. Okay. My favorite song on an album where it's hard to even pick a favorite song. Kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown. That's enough. The point being, particularly when it comes to the poem, If, it is addressed specifically to the human condition of not everything's going to go your way. And, and it's, it's the adult it's the man or the woman who realizes that will rise above that and conquer that. And that is precisely why the academy is failing. Hmm. That is precisely what kids are being told in college today is, no, everything should go your way. And if you don't feel comfortable about it, we'll even set up a crying room for you. That's come up on the show. A safe we will space. set up a safe space mm-hmm. for you. And so these kids rush down to the student union at uh, Manchester and then off, off the wall has to come uh, the poem If by Rudyard Kipling. I doubt if the people who took the poem down even read it. I doubt if it will occur to them what the poem means. They, they might not even be able to understand it. So coddled have they been in the belief that they are entitled to experience no hardship whatsoever. Nothing. No. Life is going to be perfect. It's absolutely perfect. There should be no bumps in the road. And here's a poem that says, hey, 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 keep a stiff upper lip. Just Uh, the opposite is going to happen. You don't even have to have quiet desperation to be the English way. You can rise above quiet desperation. (laughs) But there's going to be nothing but trouble in your life. It's always going to be inevitable. And you must rise above it. And what do we do at the Academy now? We rip that message down off the wall. That message is down off the wall. And up on the wall goes Maya Angelou. I have no beef against Maya Angelou, but she certainly, I don't know what poem they put up by her. She sure as hell wasn't addressing the trouble of bumps in the road. So there you have it, a poetic uh, author's corner. is a terribly literate set of lyrics. Yes, it is. Guess what I got? Here's today's ray of hope. Thank God. Chris writes, I'm pretty sure this is a ray of hope. Last winter, you lamented the absence of neighborhood kids with shovels looking to make a buck in the wake of a snowstorm. 
Well, we live in downtown White Bear Lake, and my 13-year-old son did just this all winter long. He has a number of established walks and driveways for which he is responsible, and needless to say, it was a good winter for him, especially April. Oh, yeah, we got nailed with that Mm mid-April snowstorm. I help him with the snowblower when necessary, carting it in the truck from house to house, but he put in a lot of work this winter. Anyway, he is really into music and is becoming a pretty good guitar player. He has wanted an electric guitar for a while now and has had his eyes on a Les Paul Epiphone. I guess ask Height about this part. I was told it was a solid guitar. At the music store uptown, this is a small downtown business that has been around for decades. As you probably know, many small businesses in our downtown don't tend to last too long. This one, which was started by and named after a great neighborhood family, the Evans family, who still lives on Lake Avenue, has been an exception. Thousands of local kids have learned to play instruments over the years at this place. It is a fixture. The guitar was priced at $200. We went out to lunch together last Friday across the street from this shop and then walked over so he could hook it up to an amp and play it a little. He fell in love with it and started bugging me about it daily. So yesterday on the way home from the orthodontist, he couldn't stand it any longer when we hit 3rd Street coming up Highway 61. He said, Dad, turn now. We then parked, walked into Evans Music, and he put down $100 of shoveling money. I had agreed to split it with him as a reward for his hard work on a beautiful, gently used Les Paul electric guitar. He walked out of there on air. My son's name is Nathan Christopher Walkler. I nicknamed him the All-American Kid a long time ago, and we joked about that on the short ride home and agreed that there probably wasn't anything more All-American than what just happened. Young local kid works hard in a great neighborhood, earns money shoveling snow, saves up and buys a Les Paul from local iconic family business. Boy, I... Mm. Got a foghorn you there, buddy. What, is Les Paul qualify? For what? Iconic? Mm. Oh, yeah, it does, but okay. the, but you can't use the word anymore. I know, I'm just asking, you know. A local iconic family business a few blocks away from the driveways he has been shoveling. That's the way it's supposed to be. Trying to hold to the center. Chris, that's fantastic. That Here's today's ray of hope. And I told Height this. Oh. I said. No, did he... Get he get get a height. All right, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I get, he he had something. Uh, get in here. He had something untoward to say. <laughs> Let me guess. It's not a last plug. This guy played the guitar. Hey, uh, hey, I told you about the kid who bought the Les Paul. Yes. Certainly. What was your What was your smart aleck response? I, do, I wasn't a smart. No, I think it was John. I think it was. It's I actually t- not a Les Paul. No. Well, it is a Les Paul. So oh. not, what I said was. The dad should just buy, buy the guitar for him. That's all. And what kind, on. Jen? Well, I'd, I'd probably get him a Gibson. See, see <laughs> that's honest not what to God. Said honest to God. That's no, not wait. what John said you know, earlier. No, wait, You're that, on your persona. Everybody loves Johnny. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> you know, he said earlier, Reeves, he said, if that old man was any kind of a dad, he would have bought him a Gibson. Wow. Yeah, that is what I said, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I said that. But the dad didn't buy it. The dad did. didn't buy it. The he, dad lent him half the dough. You know what he did? He shamed him. But but an Epiphone Les Paul is a fine guitar. Oh, I, look at I, him back. Look at him walking it back. I you know what? My kid's first guitar was an Epiphone. Okay, there you I go. I own several Epiphones. All right. So I, I have nothing against Epiphone. Okay. I, I just I wanted you uh, to to admit that deep in your heart you were thinking the kid should have well, got a uh, Gibson. Well, deep in my heart, what I meant by that comment was the dad should have just 
paid for the whole thing. Should have made the kid. No, think, no. The All American Story is the kid made the dough see, shovel. But see, no. the, kid, see? the kid thought he was going to pay for it. Could have, and then Dad should have said, "You know what, there, kid, you earned. You it. put that in the bank. I'm going to get this. Yeah, for well, whatever. That's you what buy I'm, that, I'm going to get you a real guitar. Is what John was trying to say. <laughs> no, you know I think what? it's a great story, and I hope the kid uh, becomes. A I'm guitar. with you. You know why? It's me. You know why it's a ray of hope. Uh-huh. It's a kid in this day and age who wants to play guitar. That's a good point. There's not a lot of those like when I was a kid. Most of them want to play with computers and, you know. Well, it's the great Dave Grohl quote. Yeah. They all expect to learn how to play on a computer and expect Uh to be great. Exactly. No, you're supposed to suck. Every (laughs) once in a while, you'll be walking in the summer and you'll hear a kid either banging on drums in the house, trying to figure it out, or playing the guitar. But Uh it's, you know what? (laughs) That that's becoming more infrequent. Very much so. That used to be much more common than it is today. Yeah. Well, then when we grew up, everybody I knew got a guitar. Not everybody learned how to play it, but they all wanted a guitar and got one. And I all, never wanted a guitar. I just well, wanted drums. The drums. So, yeah, drums. Yeah. 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 How was that first uh, drum kit you had there, Suchi Boy? It was uh, the the bass drum. I swear to God, was Civil War era. Some people so, moved in two doors down. New people, the new people, mm-hmm. and I saw them carrying in these drums, and I went crazy. I said, huh. "I just something went off in my head." As in, like you're moving in, or rock stars are moving in? No, I just had to have had those to have drums. drums. Oh. I had to have those drums. Okay, not knowing they were about 140 years old, so but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. So. so your dad wouldn't get you a good set either. No, huh? I my I figured out how to get my own eventually, but. Uh, the first one, I swear to God, it was from the Civil War era. <laughs> oh, it might have, it might have been on a battleground. Was it tinny? Did it sound no, very tinny? No, it was huge and red, and uh, it just had the look of the 19th century all over it. <laughs> and you looked like Animal from Muppets playing. <laughs> you could hardly see me behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the drummer for Iron Maiden? You can never see him. I don't know because he's know. always <laughs> hidden behind all his stuff. That's how big this drum was. <laughs> We're going to be back shortly, but now Rogers. And this next tune goes out to young Suchi Boy learning to play the drums. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8. That Civil War drum, did I couldn't get that out of it. <laughs> no, you couldn't, you couldn't bang this one out? They posted on the website now are uh, uh, Kelsey's Coyotes and uh, Sanibel Jim sent in a great cartoon. Of, uh, you have to re- see it. It's involving straws, plastic straw. John couldn't play this on a Les Paul guitar either. Here is John Height in the newsroom. <laughs> you know, Epiphones are fine guitars. Gibson are a little finer made, let's put it that way. Just a different animal, that's all. It, well, they're the same guitar as the Les Pauls, mm-hmm. made by Gibson and by Epiphone, but you have better <laughs> hardware on the Gibson versions, probably better pickups. See, so the Epiphones are a little less expensive, so that starter When are you going like, on vacation? <laughs> are you leaving tomorrow? Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't all know that. <laughs> it's partly cloudy at 82 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Twins Blue Jays will get underway in a little more than a half hour in Toronto. Twins going for the three-game series sweep. Irv Santana making his first start of the season. Sam Gavilio pitches for the Blue Jays. Uh, we do have a Twins lineup to face old Sam. It I want goes- you to challenge Roycey. Oh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. You will get. I want you to challenge him. A thorough watching of the ball game on the radio. But I want you to challenge him about that. What do you mean? 
He said, I'm done with it. I will make you a bet. Well, I know that. That's my the point. The second he walks in there, he's going to turn that TV on and put the ball you're, game you're, on. you got to focus. Pay attention. Okay. What I'm suggesting <laughs> to you is you confront him about that. You challenge him. Oh, sure. All right. I thought you were done with him. Yeah. I, I said I'm done. Yeah. Forever. I'm not even going to Fort Myers. Twins line up. Mauer. Shell my house. Rosario in left field. <laughs> Escobar at third base. Dozier hitting cleanup at Is second Mauer base. plan? He's DHing and oh, leading off. Yep. Morrison hits fifth at first base. Polanco hits sixth at shortstop. Kepler in right field hitting seventh. Garver catching hitting eighth. And uh, Jake Cave in center field. Hey, Joe's been red hot. Lately, uh, over the last 10 years, have the season's RBI leaders have fewer RBIs than they might have 40 years ago? Does that yes. make sense, that question? Yeah, for the most part, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, it's more like 110 these days. Instead of 140? Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. yep. Uh, Vikings getting things going out at their new facilities. Coach Mike Zimmer addressing the media today. Uh, an emotional uh, presser. He talked about recently deceased offensive line coach Tony Sperano. Yeah, he was always grumpy. He was not like me. He probably the only grumpier person in the building than I was. But um, he really cared about his players. You know, I've sat in with him in offensive line rooms a lot. And, you know, he had a way of poking the stick at the guys and then putting his arm around him. Now, of course, with uh, everything getting underway for the Vikings, they have the new TCO Performance Center uh, where fans will be uh, getting a chance to go see the Vikings train. Also, they'll be able to go out there and relive some of the franchise's most memorable moments. Uh, the team built upon the idea after opening the U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, fans will be able to view former uniforms, see tributes to former players and coaches. Those who have a ticket to the Vikings training camp can enter the museum out there for free. Otherwise, tickets would be 20 bucks for adults, 5 bucks for children once training camp is over. 20 bucks to go in the museum? Uh-huh. Huh. About 5,000 fans will Ziggy be... Ziggy ain't missing a beat, is he? Nope. <laughs> About 5,000 fans will be admitted into the facility for practice each day during training camp. Uh, just plain general admission is free. News notes from today, the Minnesota Supreme Court says a lawsuit that claims school segregation denies some students the right to an adequate education can move forward in the courts. That ruling today comes in a class action lawsuit filed by parents of kids who attend Minneapolis and St. Paul public schools. The parents claim the schools segregated by racial and economic factors have put children of color and metro children into lower performing schools violating their rights. The state had argued the issue should be left to the legislature, but the majority on the Supreme Court found that the case can proceed. The judiciary can assess whether the state is meeting its constitutional requirements to provide adequate educations. That decision reverses an earlier Court of Appeals decision to throw out the case. Uh, Email from Mike, Mr. Mayor. Wow, is Johnny out of touch. Gibson is on the verge of collapse. Consensus is Epiphone quality is far more consistent in regards to any less ball made in the past five years. Why spend the money on a Gibson if he's talking vintage? Really hundreds of thousands for a 13-year-old to learn to play. My son, an accomplished bassist, would not part with his first bass, a Squire Jaguar now heavily modified for any money. It's not the instrument, it's the player. What say you, John Hyde? It's the nut who holds the tiller. Exactly. It's it's a poor craftsman who blames his tools. Not the Indian, it's the arrow. <laughs> we could do this no, all it's day. A, it's, the, Wait. it's not the arrow. No, it's, it's the Indian. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would only agree. The only thing I agree with him on that is that the consistency of Gibson is not what it used hey, to be. Uh, but the, what but was it, his kid's name? Mike. No. Oh, your email. 
Nathan, you got a hell of a guitar. Don't listen to these smart asses. That's right. I, I just, I, I told you, I have. No, I don't want to hear it anymore. I have three yeah. Epiphones. I don't want to hear myself. it anymore. I have three Epiphones. My kid has an Epiphone. Yeah. We have four Epiphones in the house. Right. I have nothing against Epiphones. All right. They're Very fine good. guitars. Very good. Continue. <sighs> I don't want to hear about the pickups and the quality of the pot metal and the, you know, pot metal, whatever. Aluminum. <laughs> strings, whatever they got. You know, cat strings. Gut. You got the. Cat gut, wow. A familiar name in law enforcement in the northern suburbs has announced he's retiring. Uh, Commander Paul Sommer with the Anoka County Sheriff's Office says his final day in office will be July 26th. According to the Sheriff's Office, Sommer is a Fridley native who began his career in law enforcement after graduating from the University of Minnesota. Uh, Sommer started in the jail division, worked as a patrol deputy. He was a general detective before becoming the Special Victims Unit Coordinator. He was promoted to lieutenant of the Criminal Investigation Division, which was where he spent the majority of his nearly 33-year career. He was com- also commander of the Anoka Hennepin Violent Crime and Narcotics Task Force. Did that for six years. Uh, he is now and has been for a while uh, in ending his career as the office's public information officer. President Trump's proposed Washington meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin had been delayed until 2019 now. National Security Advisor John Bolton, in a statement, cite Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian interference in the election as the reason for the delay. Bolton says the president believes that the next bilateral meeting with President Putin should take place after the Russia witch hunt is over. That's a quote. So we would agree that it will be after the first of the year. Uh, speaking of Putin, new details now emerging about accused Russian spy Maria Butina's time as a student at American University. Investigative reporter Tom Hamburger worked on a report about Butina for the Washington Post, which he spoke to a number of her fellow students and friends. Hamburger says she was known for embracing her homeland and even had a photo on her cell phone of Russian President Vladimir Putin riding shirtless on horseback. I just got a note from Mr. Reavers. It looks like we have a Wild Minnesota Wild uh, notice here. All right, uh, Zucker has signed. A, Jason Zucker. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Jason. I didn't I guess I could have used a first name. Has signed a five year, twenty seven and a half million dollar deal. Huh. Do we like that? Yeah. Yeah. Hockey, yes. hockey fans. Yeah. He had a big year last year. That's yeah. a good sign. And he's a good dude. So now they've uh, in the last couple of days got Zumba, Dumba, and Zucker uh, Dumba. in the fold, Mister Mayor. You're a big Zumba, Dumba guy. I've always been a dumper guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, going in the Hall them. of Fame. You like a guy that can shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. You can't score a goal <laughs> if you don't shoot the puck. He's one of the guy. A uh, Indonesian village. Villagers armed with knives, hammers, and clubs slaughtered 292 crocodiles in revenge for the death of a man killed by a crocodile at a breeding farm. Pictures released by Antara News Agency showed blooded, bloodied carcasses of the crocodiles in a large pile in the Sarong district of the eastern Indonesian province of uh, West Papua. The head of Indonesia's Natural Resources Conservation Agency said that the 48-year-old victim had entered the farm, was likely picking grass for animal feed when he was attacked. After the burial of the man on Saturday, villagers entered the farm and killed all the crocodiles. The farm had been given a license to breed, protected saltwater and New Guinea crocodiles in 2013 for preservation and also to harvest some of the animals. But one of the conditions was the reptiles did not disturb the community. A uh, man in charge said crocodiles are God's creatures. They need to be protected. Too. Well, he's one of the guys. Huh. There we go. He's one of the guys, one of the players on our team. 
Well, it's hard to argue with that, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't the, sound to me like the crocodile threatened the community. No, it sounds just to the, me like the guy went in the crocodile. Uh, just just the fella. Who would we welcome them in St. Paul? Oh, I Crocodiles? think Crocs? I think Molly would. Come on, yeah. let him in. Hey, we got the water. Mm, got great water for it. Real good water. Dave Dahl coming up. The end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Here's Dave Dahl in the Channel 5 Weather Center. Thank you, Joe. We have a little line of thunderstorms right now just to the north. Uh, well, it's actually right north of downtown Minneapolis. That's kind of sliding through the downtown areas. It's uh, going to last maybe an hour to an hour and a half. And another line that's developing through central Minnesota, that's a little bit bigger deal there. Uh, nothing severe at this point, but some of those heavy downpours, some frequent lightning strikes, maybe even a little bit of uh, pea-sized hail with some of those stronger storms. But the most immediate one is uh, right now just north of downtown Minneapolis. It's going to slide on through downtown St. Paul and uh, then slide eastward through Washington County and into western Wisconsin here over the next hour to hour and a half. As far as temperatures go, we're going to slide tonight down to 60. And we're only going to get to a high of 70 if we're lucky tomorrow. With mostly cloudy skies, it will be breezy as well. Northwest winds are around 10 to 15. Decreasing clouds tomorrow night all the way down to 58 for the overnight low. And mostly sunny and mild on Friday, 77. Upper 70s both Saturday and Sunday. Some isolated thunder is possible the afternoons of both days. And then next week we jump back into the mid-80s for highs by Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, today, Joe, we're at 82 right now. And I have the records for the day, I believe, here. July 25. Let me see here. Why am I not seeing them? I'm sorry, buddy. Probably something from 1934. Uh, that's probably right. You know, 99. 99. In 1999. In 1999. And then 50. 50. In 1891. 1891. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. You know how we've determined, or I have, uh, the word racism doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's been. Uh, it we just, just mentioned that earlier this hour. It's just been hijacked. It means nothing. So, guess what? The latest. Uh, let me tell you if I can find the the woman's name. There's a writer, Robin Panakia, mm-hmm. writing for something called Quartz. I don't know what that is. Is it uh, a website? Quartz. Dot, is I, don't, a, I have no idea. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know who she is. I don't know what. But it's, I got this off the Blaze, mm-hmm. which is Glenn Beck's website. Uh. What do you think she's come up with oh, no. as the latest example of uh, racism and, and it, a symbol of white supremacy and oppression? Oh, boy. Robin Panakia for quartz, whatever that is. This ought to be good. I'll take a stab at it. Let's see. So she's a female. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it has something to do with the evil white male. Yes. Um. Something to do with? I'll I'll save you. You're not going to get it. I I don't think I am because because we don't think this way. Square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> do she do? Round oh. she goes. Yep. Okay. Square dancing is about America's legacy of racism <laughs> and anti-Semitism, says Robin Panakia for Quartz when making the case that square dancing has actually been a tool for white supremacy. To understand how square dancing became a state-mandated means of celebrating Americana, it's necessary to go back to Henry Ford. 
she said. In a nutshell, it's the same sad cry from liberals we hear all the time. In this case, it's all about Ford hating jazz and Jews in the hierarchy of victimhood victimhood that plagues the liberal mindset and perpetuates the narrative that systemic oppression is all around us, even in dancing. Jazz, Jews, and Henry Ford. What? This is a woman who has to get up in the morning searching for something to be offended by. Uh This has to presuppose that jazz was invented by Jewish people. It was not. But Henry Ford apparently thought it was. And because Ford allegedly did not like Jewish people, he viewed jazz as a way to corrupt the masses. If this theory holds any truth at all, then Ford's number one reason for bringing back square dancing, I didn't know Henry Ford had anything to do with square dancing, was his way of ensuring that the black population was not corrupted by evil Jewish people. As innocuous as state-sponsored square dancing may seem, it's just one of the many small ways that oppression has shaped the history and culture of the U.S., she wrote. (laughs) Square dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you square dance, Joe? I don't think so. Really? No. I've done it. Well, sure. I didn't know that I was being uh, anti-Semitic and a racist when I did it. I had no clue. Oh, You kind of just do the chicken flap with your arms, right. don't you? You just follow your girl round and round. Mm-hmm. Now, what's can, the difference between square dancing and bluegrass? I have no idea, but if you don't turn off that quick, I'll stab you in the heart <laughs> with a pencil. It's driving me crazy. I even picked one without the... I'm surprised John didn't have this in his news. What's that? Did you hear about the death of the co-founder of the international feminist group Femen, Femen, F-E-M-E-N? No. Found dead uh, Monday in her Paris apartment. Uh, Oksana Shachko, a 31-year-old Ukrainian, was found in her apartment with a suicide note lying next to her. Oh. Well, just hang on. Uh, it is with great regret and deep pain that I must confirm the death of Oksana Inna, Inna Shevchenko, one of Femin's co- leaders, told the London Guardian. Another Femin founder, Anna Gutsal, reportedly said the activist group was awaiting the official version of her death from the police. She was a founding member of the group, a feminist active group. They were famous for being topless during their protestations. Mm. They, fought, they launched the group in the Ukraine in 2008. She was exiled to France. Uh, she's been exiled in France since 2013 and had left the group uh, to pursue work as an artist. Femin operates under the slogan, I came, I stripped, I won, and was garnered attention around the world for its protests against sexism, which often involved topless demonstrations. Here, here, here's maybe the key paragraph while you're waiting for the official cause of death. Oh. The group protested authoritarianism and racism and targeted Russian President Vladimir Putin. Because of their protests, Femin said Shachko was among three members kidnapped in 2011 after it mocked the Belarusian president in a protest. The newspaper also noted the group says Shachko was kidnapped another time by unknown assailants while Putin made a visit to Ukraine. The Guardian notes that the group has struggled in recent years due to a combination of internal divisions and legal proceedings against its members. So she irritated Putin. 
The group irritated Putin. She's found dead with the suicide note next to her. Ooh. I'd wait a while before I bought that. Ooh. Oksana, Oksana Shachko, a 31-year-old Ukrainian, found in her apartment with a suicide note lying next to her. Her troubles with Putin were widely uh, noted by news-gathering institutions back in the day. You're saying that... Um, I'm not saying anything. Oh, we could glean, I don't want to become uh, David Browder. We could glean this is an odd coincidence. Yeah, anytime an opponent of Putin is found dead, I'd find it a... I'd find it... Uh, Sure. Worthy of exploration. Mm-hmm. I'd find it worthy of further examination. Dave said a storm was approaching from the north. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it on the tower cam that's overlooking downtown oh, Minneapolis. Which one? Which channel? Uh, channel 12. I got it on something else here. It's, uh, it's quite a, uh, a wall of uh, dark clouds moving in. I don't see anything on tour. I like watching the storms rolling yeah. on the you tower gotta, cam. You got to get ready now to defend your no TV situation oh, here. Oh, look at that. Oh, I'm making you a bet right oh, now. No, I know. It's going to happen. missing the point. I know, but I... You, know you we should challenge do? him not to have it on. We should just wait and see what happens. We, well, well, because we both know he's going to okay, turn it I'm on. I'm not turning it on. No, don't. All right. Yeah. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Uh, twins are about to take on Toronto. That's not going to work, by the way. Hiding the remote? He is going to tear apart. What? That's why that we should do it. Studio. I'll put it in my briefcase. Where? <laughs> this is the guy who had a tirade and said, I'm done with him. <coughs> I don't want him to hear us. He's held in the hall. Right. I am let's, just, let's just see if he can stick to his guns. Because right now he's talking to Kenny because Kenny just got here. All right. And then he's gonna. Huh? No, he's he is gonna right here. Te- he is gonna tear apart that oh, studio. I'm gonna put it right here. All right. And then we're gonna find out what will happen as Patrick tries to find the remote. It's in my briefcase. Fifteen hundred <laughs> ESPN. You're evil is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. I don't know what the temperature is, but rain is on the way. It's eighty-two. <laughs> 